on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive on the uh, Thursday, the 28th day of December. Uh, Kurt's away, Anthony with you, and uh, sitting in the big chair, uh, co-hosting with me today is Rob Roper. Uh, thanks, Rob. It's it's great having you here. It, it's so much fun. Thanks for ha- thanks for inviting me to, to fill in for this role for a day. It's 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 a real thrill. Yeah. And uh, and we've got our guest on the line. Uh, it's a good friend of mine, Mark Higley. He's a representative, state representative from uh, from Lowell, and that's the uh, Lamoille Orleans uh, district or or Lamoille Orange district. And Mark is one of my go to guys. Um, whenever I'm I want to find out something that's happened in the legislature, he's been there for. I want to say 14 years or 16 years now, and he has served on the Energy Committee. He's on the Government Operations Committee now. He's on the legis- he's on the ELCAR, which is a Legislative uh, Rules Committee, and that's what we're going to be sort of focusing on today because there's a new slate of rules that Mark was telling me about uh, for building homes. Uh-huh. That uh, the testimony that the committee got was that this is going to add somewhere between 18 to 22 thousand dollars to build a standard house. Oh and, boy. of course, you know, we've got an affordability crisis with housing in the state. And what they're doing in Montpelier is making it more expensive to build, which means it's going to be more expensive to buy. Perfect. And, uh, and then with the property taxes going up, it's going to be more expensive to maintain. So <laughs> without further ado, you're going to get the real scoop from, uh, from Mark Higley. How you doing, Mark? Hey, good. Thanks. And good morning, Rob and Anthony. Yeah, thanks for joining us this morning. So, uh, uh, Mark, uh, talk to us a little bit about... Um what you, you're, uh, as Rob outlined, uh, there's uh, there's some stuff coming out of the Rules Committee. And, you know, when, you, when I hear, oh, he's on the Rules Committee. Okay, that's great. How, how, much, how much damage can come out of the Rules Committee? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not a lot of damage, but what, what we're uh, tasked with is uh, when a- agencies have to uh, create rules around laws that uh, the legislature passes, um, the committee looks at these rules to find out whether they're arbitrary, whether they meet legislative intent, and so on. Uh, we really can't do much other than uh, uh, have questions around it. We can write back to the committees of jurisdiction and say, hey, look, uh, take a look at this uh, rule again. Uh, does, it, does it really uh, meet muster as to what the legislative intent was, and so on. So uh, there's certainly some things that we can do, but we, we have a, uh, a short leash to some degree. And so what are you finding in particular that uh, Rob was, was talking about with, with the, the new rules for new construction? Sure. Uh, so actually it was during the uh, debate on the House bill, House uh, S-100, which is now Act 47. Um, there was some provisions around there about these new residential building energy standards and commercial building energy standards. And I thought uh, it was it was kind of interesting how some of the committee members were talking about uh, the different issues that raise the price of of housing, whether it's lot size, excessive parking, um, excessive setbacks, heights, all that sort of thing. And I said, hey, uh, these uh, residential building energy standards, which the public service department has to up, update every three years, uh, looks like it's adding an awful lot of money to. Uh, to homes these days. So I initially put in an amendment on that bill, which didn't go anywhere. 
And lo and behold, uh, the Public Service Department came, came up with their rules, which they have to. Every three years, they have to update these residential building energy standards and commercial building energy standards, and it came before Alcar. So uh, lo and behold, again, there was a, uh, a group of, of home builders and architects and so on that showed up. They had also put in uh, um, some written testimony as well, and they said, hold on, folks. You know, uh, first of all, uh, these new codes really uh, aren't, aren't up to uh, 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 standards yet as far as uh, the industry is concerned. There's a lot of questions. Um, as Rob said, uh, there was one uh, uh, home building uh, uh, outfit that had talked about uh, 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 2015 uh, uh, study that found that only 50% of the newly constructed homes were in compliance with the resident, residential building energy standards, and an 1,800-square-foot home built today to the 2015 RBESs versus the 2023 RBESs would be a net cost difference of $28,000 while maybe saving $1,000 in energy a year. These are the sorts of things that uh, uh, home builders and architects uh, uh, we're commenting on, and uh, again, Elcar uh, uh, asked the Department of uh, Public Service if they would um, hold off on um, implementing these new regulations uh, until July of 2024, and they agreed to do that. Um, so they're so they're kicking in, in in July, and you know, and Mark, you know, a lot of these rules have to do with global warming. Right. I mean, Absolutely. it's like, I mean, what they're saying is that the, the costs that are being added to the home are you got to increase the R value of the insulation in your basement is like one of the things that you have to do. Uh, another one is that you have to have it um, hooked up for an, you know, the electrical system has to be able to accommodate a, a electric vehicle charging station. You know, these are things that maybe not necessary and maybe People don't want, but they're going to end up having to pay for it. Sort of like you know having to pay for uh, you know CNN and MSNBC in your cable bundle when you don't want them. You know ESPN four. <laughs> right. Yeah. This, this list, Rob, is is so extensive. It's it's hard to believe. I mean, 100% LED lighting. Uh, there's even some recommendations for tiny houses, uh, like you said, the electric service panels, electric vehicle hookups. Uh, mechanical ventilation, R value increases, uh, uh, better windows, solar ready, uh, you name it. Uh, it's, it's pages and pages of, uh, of new requirements to meet uh, those standards, which they're looking for a net zero uh, in regards to those by 2030. Um, so pr- pretty, pretty concerning uh, in a long run. And uh, uh, another issue that... Uh, that came up was, uh, you know, that housing bill um, that was passed also had a study committee in there in regards to these uh, standards. And uh, I, I guess the report is supposed to have been back December 1st. I haven't seen it yet, but I did talk to one of the members that was on it, actually two members. Uh, one was uh, president of the Vermont Bakers Association, and another one was um, a member who was on it who, who talked about there are concerns around uh, what's possibly being considered, and that is a education piece, a uh, certification piece, and an enforcement piece. 
And as you can imagine, um, maybe looking through fire and safety department, uh, I heard of a figure of maybe a possible $50 million bureaucratic agency now that would, would take that on. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I know that uh, the uh, president of the Bankers Association, and I can't remember exactly what the concern was there, but he had a real concern because they were, they were looking to the, the bankers to look at some form of, uh, of enforcement mechanism through, through mortgages. And uh, so he wasn't very happy with, uh, with that consideration. I don't know how it, how it has come out, but uh, as you can imagine, um, it, it's going to be costly in, in, uh, in so many uh, uh, respects. And, and uh, you may also remember that just this spring, uh, they initiated, initiated the general contractor registration provision. Yep. So any contractor now that has to, uh, that does a job for over $10,000 um, has to be registered um, and um, also provide a, a written contract. And I believe that, um, you know, it was just a start for many to implement this uh, uh, getting contractors on board and now requiring them to certify in uh, these uh, requirements and, and so on. So uh, to me, you know, things, uh, things are only going to get worse when it comes to affordability and housing uh, for sure, especially in, you know, my rural area up here. Well, let's. Uh, I just want to go to the phones. We got a call for you, Mark. Uh, let's grab a call. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, it seems like the same people who complain about uh, lack of housing and how expensive it is are the same people who who make it more expensive. And uh, what what does their face look like when you mention this to them? Do they do they cringe or they just have a glazed look? What do they? What do they do when you mention that to them? I think that's a great question. Uh, the caller brings up a good point. Um, when, when, you, when you point these things out, what's the response? Right. And, and uh, you know, my response has been, like when, be, when I went before the committee, um, in regards to holding off for two years on these uh, uh, standards, was, uh, you know, we, re- we really can't slow down the efforts to... Uh, uh, prevent climate change or, you know, uh, do our climate change initiatives. And I, I guess you have to step back and say, okay, wait a minute, folks, how realistic is it uh, that we're going to make a difference and, and what's the cost going to be to our Vermonters when it comes to uh, housing prices and, and other issues? So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, I see kind of a blank look on their face and they just go back to the, the standard comment about, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the world is burning down around us, and, and we need to do something, And uh, regardless of the cost, which is, is a real concern for me. Yeah, no, I, I, Mark, you make such a good point, because people do need to realize that the priorities for a lot of the folks that we are electing uh, to represent us in these decisions are very radical in their approach to environmental policy. They don't care about anything. They don't care if you can't afford a house. Um, you know, one of the one of the problems that we're facing as a state in turn is, is workforce where you have contract. We need more plumbers. We need more carpenters. We need more electricians. And when you make it so expensive and so complicated for ha- you have to have a contract, a written contract for a job over ten thousand dollars. You have to register to do this. Uh, if you if you want to own a pickup truck, you have to get an electric one, uh, you know, to do your job. A lot of the people that we're trying to, they say they want to attract to come work here and live here. Uh, 
they're not going to want to put up with that when they don't have to. If they go to just New Hampshire or or Tennessee or or North Carolina, so so you really a lot of the the problems that we're seeing are being created by the same people as the caller pointed out who when they campaign say they're working to solve these problems they're not they're working to create them right and another thing rob um i investigated when i when i put together some of my um uh disapproval for for this especially the general contractor provision uh registration it didn't go to licensure uh but i'm sure it's headed that direction but there's plenty of university studies out there that looked at uh, uh, licensure throughout um, uh, history in regards to any profession, and uh, it, it can be chalked up in a lot of cases to just uh, an increased toss, cost to the consumer, not necessarily uh, an increased benefit or a safer um, uh, job performance or whatever they might be looking for, but again, just an increased cost to the consumer. So. Uh, there's that as well that that uh, they, they they don't really consider. Yeah, no, I mean the the cost of the license. I mean that it might be small, you know, being passed along to you know consumers over the course of a year for a contractor, but but it is designed to keep people out of well, the business. When, when you license somebody to do something, it creates you know um, uh, a barrier to entry and and the threat of taking the license away if you don't do what the state wants you to yeah. do. Yeah. I think is is the threat of of doing away with your livelihood makes you conform and make sure that you're as as Mark pointed out enforcement. They're looking at avenues of enforcement. That that's a whole out of outside the whole money realm of things. Uh, let's see, we're lighting the phones up, Mark. Let's go to the phones. Uh, good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Um, I don't know if you noticed what happened out in Illinois. They uh, they just passed a massively unpopular. Um, gun control ban, and they're estimated now they have like 0.3% compliance. That's the answer here. The answer to this climate nonsense is massive noncompliance. Well, have you, Mark, have you heard kind of that, that uh, pushback? Or that, they probably don't say that in Montpelier, do they? <laughs> well, it's, it's been proven out. Like I'd mentioned, uh, it looks like there was a study that found that only 50% of uh, the newly constructed homes back in 2015 uh, uh, met those uh, requirements. So uh, they're basically saying, how's, how's that, how's that going to look going forward? You know, um, is, is it going to be the same? Is it, is it going to be less? It, I mean, it sounds like it's, it's already decreasing uh, because of the cost of everything. I mean, I'm a general contractor myself, have been since, so I got out of the service in 78. And, uh, you know, I'm sure people have realized uh, in the, in the past three years since the pandemic, uh, the prices of materials has just gone sky high if you can even get some of them. So uh, there's that to contend with as well. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, good morning. Hey, you know, part of the problem is, is I, I, I researched the 30 state senators that we have in, in, in Montpelier, and only two of them create wealth, uh, Dick Mazza and uh, Bob Starr. The other 28 work for NGOs, or they work for the government, or they're teachers. Or they're, they, they, they don't create wealth. They don't know what it's like to deal with all these rules and regulations. So out of the Senate, 28 out of 30 of them, as far as I'm concerned, don't have, have uh, any say in what's going on because they don't really create wealth, and they don't understand what, the world, what they're doing to the world. Thank you. Do you find it frustrating sometimes? Uh, you mentioned, you know, you're a general contractor. Do you find that, that it does feel to me from sitting in this seat 
that a lot of the people uh, in Montpelier are um, not not from the the as, as the caller pointed out create wealth, but aren't from the private sector at all. Right. No, absolutely. That that's a uh, a concern, and and to try to get that through to uh, other my colleagues, other members. Uh, it's it's tough. How do you do it respectfully? Um, you know, I, I I tried to even reach out to the governor in regards to this registration for contractors. You can only do this online, and I've had contractors come to my house and say, "Mark, you know, I, I don't have internet. I have to go to my son's house. Uh, can you can you tell me the best way to 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 do this?" And um, not only that, but uh, some of the questions, if if those folks that you're talking about, the senators or whatever or to actually go online and look at it. I mean, you have to be current with all um, federal and state uh, taxes. You have mm-hmm. to be up to date on your charge for payments. There's questions in there regarding, have you ever been on a registry regarding blah, blah, blah? Have you ever been, you know? And, and those, are, those are pretty intrusive questions in regards to someone, especially in the construction industry, that, that may be reaching out there to... Uh, uh, to, to do some jobs. And, and uh, boy, I tell you, even on Front Porch Forum and, and other uh, uh, avenues, uh, folks are looking for, for folks to do smaller jobs, whether it's uh, fix my front steps, uh, repair my roof, you name it, and they're not doing it. And, and this sort of registration isn't going to help. No, i, I got to tell you, when I was focused on the clean heat standard, testimony coming through the senate uh, committees and and then the, then the house uh, energy committee i got to tell you there were a lot of contractors that came the people who actually do the work of installing the heat pumps and, and hooking up the electric panels and electricians and plumbers and they're all telling these legislators you know this is not practical we don't have the workforce to do it uh that there's supply chain issues you can't really do this it's going to be expensive we and they don't listen they don't care. And then you get the lobbyists who come in from VPIRG and the Conservation Law Foundation and whatnot spouting off their stuff, and, and they're just – their eyes are bright, and that's what they want to hear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even, even when people called up, you know, the citizens found out that they were going to throw that tax onto the carbon tax onto home heating fuel, uh, they still didn't listen. So, you know, you can't, you can't change the minds. You have to change the bodies who are in those seats. So, uh, Mark, I want to ask you a question that I, I didn't know this until yesterday. Don Turner was my co-host yesterday, uh, and he pointed something out that I think every, everybody should know. You are not sworn in when you testify in committee in Vermont. You do, you're not compelled to tell the truth. Right, that's true. You're, you, there is not an oath that you take as you come in and testify before the committee. And I just, um, I, to me, that was mind-numbing. Uh, I found that out in a, just a conversation. And so do you, do you and, and do you know of other legislators that, do you, do you, does you have that in the back of your head when you're, when you're listening to testimony in committee? Well, you know, absolutely, and especially as, as Rob had mentioned, uh, so many of these groups, whether it's VPIRG or, you know, you get uh, uh, solar companies uh, come in and, and, and testify, uh, members uh, and, and what's their what's their agenda? What's what's the actual agenda? Um, is it is it monetary for for their business in particular? Um, yeah, it's it's uh, and and the other thing, and I'd mentioned this um, oh, at one of the other forums. Uh, when it comes to testimony, uh, a lot of times it's hard to get an individual or a group that that I may want to have testify 
to testify. Um, it's, it's usually uh, created by the chair and vice chair as to who they want to hear from, and um, I, think, uh, I, I think that's a concern as well. So the actual information is, is, uh, is, is, is basically dictated by the chair of the committee. Uh, I certainly believe in, in some cases it is, yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bringing in their witnesses to, to, to make a case to, to pass the bill that they have already determined that they want to see passed. And they don't like to have people come in and testify contrary to whatever that narrative is. I, in fact, going back to the, uh, the, uh, the clean heat standard, I remember talking about the Conservation Law Foundation. One of the lobbyists actually came in and said something that was contrary to what they said, well, this might be a little regressive and we probably shouldn't, you know, you might want to add some things in there. And, and one of the senators, uh, um, I forget if it was, uh, I think it was McDonald, just lit into him. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> we didn't bring you in here to tell us this sort of stuff. We, oh, you know, you help us pass this bill. That's scary. Uh, so, Mark, I, I, uh, we're running out of time, but where would people find this list that, so it's been kicked, the can's been kicked down the road. The short answer is, the can's been kicked down the road until July of 2024, and this list is gonna gonna hit in July of these these standards for new construction. Wh- where would a listener find that? Is that the Public Service Department? Where Where do you find this list? Yeah, it would be through the Public Dis- Service Department. Uh, uh, Rob reached out for it, and I was able to, to uh, send a, a link to it. It's pretty lengthy. Um, but, uh, you know, once you get it, you, you, you can go to the, the pages and, and find those updates. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd say that's, that's who I'd reach out to first. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm doing a story on, on this for my Substack column, so if people want to, I'll put the links into the story when it, when it gets posted. So that's Robert Roper at Substack.com. Good. Very good. Well, Mark, I want to appreciate, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Uh, wish you the, the happiest of New Year's and... Uh, Good luck in Montpelier. Hopefully we'll uh, talk periodically throughout the session. Thanks okay, a lot, Mark. Okay, well, thank you both, and Happy New Year to you folks, too. All righty, thanks. All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we're going to talk about a, a great book uh, from a local author about the 10th Mountain Division. Coming up right here on News Talk W.